why I'm really excited about how what the next you know decade of law will look like as more and more amazing women um, discover this almost superpower of legal design and the change that we can make within the legal industry in so many different areas. I think there's a lot of really exciting things on the way. Welcome to the Legal Creatives Podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest and the most inspirational concepts and projects and discuss some of the most powerful ideas for the transformation of the legal industry. This podcast is brought to you by Legal Creatives, the school for the transformation of legal services. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Verity, for joining us today on the podcast, all the way from Hey, great to see you. Great to have you on the podcast. Uh, Verity, you have such a rich background in legal design, in contract design. Uh, you call yourself a contract design enthusiast, but you're so much more than that. You're also <laughs> an accredited specialist in, I think, commercial law, commercial contract. You're a speaker and an author. Uh, you, have, uh, you have such great expertise to share in the field. So really excited for this interview, Verity. Oh, thank you so much for having me along, Tessa. I'm looking forward to the chat. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your background? How did you, you know, how did you even come to become a lawyer and eventually become a legal design practitioner? Oh, going yeah. way back. We're going way back. Okay. So I uh, came to the law a little bit later in life. I was a, what they call a mature age student in Australia, but it just means I was over 21. So uh, I... Yeah, my legal studies, I had no idea what to expect because I didn't have any lawyers in the family. I lived in a regional town in um, in Australia and uh, did not really know what I was doing at all. And because I'd already done a business degree, I uh, what it was kind of a condensed um, degree for me. Like, so I was doing law full time. And I didn't realize in Australia in your second last year is when you do your clerkships and kind of your internships. But I didn't know because I didn't really know what I was doing. And the, my second last year was actually my second year. For most lawyers, it's their third year. And so I missed out on all of those. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I've missed out on clerkships. It's like a big deal in Australia. And then I but I actually ended up doing a uh, kind of an internship at a corporate a telecommunications company and so from there that's how I started working in the law as uh, you know a, originally an internship then a paid paralegal then a junior legal counsel then a legal counsel so I actually worked in-house for the first 10 years of my career before I started my own law firm um, and it was working in-house in that kind of corporate environment where you do see a lot of contracts but you see them from the starting point when the salesperson or the whoever is asking you to get them going and I'll just get this deal across the line and then you can see the problems that might happen and then the renewals that need to happen and then um, the re-signing and the different commission structures and the impact on all of that so you start to see some of those really interesting inner workings of contracts and that's kind of what got me excited about I was like hmm this kind of these are kind of um I nearly swore there sorry Tessa these are kind of um horrible to read <laughs> these contracts are really annoying to read 
why do they have to be this hard? And I was a junior lawyer. I just kind of thought, oh, I guess this is kind of the way it has to be. Uh, but then I was like, I'll just start playing with these. And I, I got really interested in plain language. I went to a plain language conference in Wellington in New Zealand. And that got me really excited. And I just started, you know, I think similar to you, Tessa, like just researching and reading things and finding out things. And I guess, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of how I kept on doing all of that in the background. And it got to such a point of interest for me where I was like, I think I want to do this full time and just make contracts better forever and so that's when I started my law firm which specializes in um, contract operations. Wow I love that story really great to see you uh, to see all the journey unfolding for you so many surprises I'm sure so many things you did not expect to happen and yet here we are uh, recording this podcast and talking about legal design and contract design which is your field of expertise and since yes. you have so much experience in this uh, on this topic, um, I would love maybe uh, to ask you. Uh, I don't know if we dive right into the definition of contract yeah, design, yeah. but but maybe we should, right? What is contract design, and, and 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 maybe in the first place, what's legal design to according to you, and and why is it important? So we can maybe start demystifying those concepts and get also your, your viewpoint on those. Sure. So I think um, contract design or is a bit of a subset of legal design. And that idea of legal design is almost just the scientific method applied to legal services. I think in a lot of ways, there's a lot of testing, you know, hypothesis, putting yourself in the shoes of your users um, and kind of actually thinking about the different users uh, of people who use legal services but also people who provide legal services uh, so I think it's for me contract design is that holistic client-centered approach to contract related legal services and it takes into account the legal content which is really important you've got to have the legal content in the contract takes into account the document design and when I say document, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bit of paper. It, you know, it just could be a video. It could be an audio clip. It could be, um, you know, a digital experience. It doesn't have to be a document, but there, I just call it a document because at the moment that's what our knowledge of contracts are. And then there's the process design. So you've got legal content, document design, and the process design. And those three together is what I think of you know, working in perfect harmony is the contract design. And that's what I love doing. They all, they often influence each other. So if you've got a legal need, that might mean you change the process to kind of bring that to the user's attention more. Or if you've got a process need because of the way that your organization is set up, that might mean moving some things in the document around. So they all kind of work together and they're all equally important. Wow, that's amazing. And I'm so curious to know, so that's what you do today full-time with Checklist Legal, right? So you serve your customers with completely redesign or, or just designing from scratch, but in a totally new way for your customers. And uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. I would sure. love to know who you serve and how you serve them and what do they say about the contracts they receive from you? 
So I um, am very lucky that I have a B Corp certified law firm as well, which is really exciting. There, I don't know how many there are in the world. There's only about seven or so law firms in Australia that are B Corp certified. And so part of my B Corp certification is that I mainly work with women in business and law, which is really exciting because I think they're the best to work with. And uh, I work with uh, two kind of key groups who I call my female founders are kind of the small to medium business owners. And then my legal legends, and they are often legal um, in-house lawyers, law firms, legal tech companies. Um, and so the bulk of my work, kind of the really exciting big redesign projects are often with the law firms and legal tech uh, or um, in-house legal teams and then with my small business clients I provide like that it, it's kind of a it's a contract design but it's more of a um, it's not as bespoke because their needs are more similar and they you know don't want to pay for a full-on design experience they don't it's it's kind of a bit of overkill it's like wearing a uh, met, goal, met ball um, gown to go get your groceries you don't necessarily need like this amazing contract experience every time you want it to be really clear and simple and, and but they don't need to have um, all the bells and whistles and with a smaller business they're actually you know there's not as many moving parts so when I work with a legal in-house legal team you know every clause almost belongs to different teams and you have to kind of go and talk to different teams and, and try and work it out that way. But um, yeah, so that's kind of who I work with and often it's revenue generating contracts for my, um, my small business clients. So they're key client contracts, which is what I love doing and just making that client experience really smooth for clients, really easy for the lawyers, but also... I like to think of all the contracts that I create almost causing those little ripples throughout the world because every time you redesign a contract to be easier to read, it's such a nice, uh, like an act of generosity for only for yourself, for your business, for your team members, for your clients, but then like anyone who has to read that contract. So I think it's really lovely the impact that you can have by being very thoughtful about how you draft your contracts. Wow, that's so great. And so on this journey to moving in-house, starting your own law firm, getting certified as B Corp, and then you got even more certification from World CC for your contract design as well. Um, so congratulations for all the certifications you got. And, um, you know, helping your customers with the contract design, I mean, content, process, and document design. Um, I'm I'm super curious to know in the beginning when you started to use the methodology, whether at the time when you were in-house or when you started your business, how did people react to those ideas in your environment and whether they were your internal clients at the time or uh, if you can talk about it or, or today you, you, your existing clientele, whether they are the small business owners or the the, the law firms and the legal tech mm. you work with. I mean, I think now legal design is getting more known, but but still it's very, very new. And uh, I think as legal design professionals, we all can relate to the fact that at times people just don't get what we're trying to do here. Did you ever come across that? How did you overcome that? How did you stay on track with your objectives? Because you've been really having so many breakthroughs. So it would be so interesting to know how you've overcome the challenges. 
Yeah, it's definitely tricky. I think uh, often as a junior lawyer in a tent, you know, law is so hierarchical where you know you try and push your ideas up. And I was quite lucky that in smaller legal teams, they often um, one of the reasons why I first got into looking at things a bit differently is they're like, oh, can you have a look at this whole electronic signature thing and like figure out a platform for us to use? So I was like, yes, I will investigate this. And you kind of get to become a bit of, you know, you can become the tech expert or you can become the person who does the innovative things in some ways, which is good and bad because um, uh, you can often get written off. Oh, she's just an innovative lawyer or that's just her being whatever, but we need to do, we need the proper lawyer or something. So that's one of the reasons why I've done some of the other certifications that I've done too. So yes, definitely had some issues in the past, but I think a lot of that comes down to, um, and I was talking about this recently with some, some other lawyers, that we have to be able to communicate the value of what we're doing. Because if you were standing in the middle of the street being like, I've got a million dollars, does anyone want a million dollars? And you would get lots of people come out and be like, yes, yes, yes. But if we're standing in the street saying, I've got some legal design, <laughs> you want some legal design? We're not explaining like the actual value of what we're doing or showing it because there's a lot of people who are talking about it. And, and this is something that I've thought about a lot, you know, double diamond. Yes, there's a methodology and yes, you can apply it. But actually it's, and the world is moving along. Don't get caught up in being like, we have to do legal design. If people want to call it agile, if they want to call it lean, if they just want, if you just want to say, we're going to do this a little bit differently. If you just want to apply a scientific methodology, there's not necessarily one way to do it, I think. And so not getting discouraged if people don't understand what legal design is, just try it from a different angle. And I think uh, the principle of, I think Atal Gawande wrote an excellent article around the principle of seven touches where you need to really talk to people and explain them, to explain to them the issues in a personal, meaningful way, at least seven times. And I think it's probably even more now, but um, this idea of, oh, I feel like I often feel, and I'm sure you have this as well, Tessa, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure you have the same way you feel like you're saying the same thing over and over again. Why do these people just get it? Like, just do it. Um, but everyone, they haven't done the years of research that you've done. They haven't done, you know, been up to their elbows in contracts like I've done <laughs> for a decade. So then it's hard for us to distill all of that and then explain it to people. So I think it's, um, yes, I used to get a lot more frustrated. I think now I'm, I can kind of understand more that people, um, I see it as an opportunity for me to get better at my communication and try and, you know, use some of those legal design and design methodologies on myself. Okay, well, how, how can we, you know, be curious about what that particular person is struggling with and why they aren't seeing the value. Um, yeah. Sorry, that was a bit of a rambling one. No, it's great. <laughs> you get there in the end. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. I mean, we all relate to that. I think it's completely normal that in this uh, time of history, sort of say, legal design is still very new. And, um, and so I was curious to know about your perspective about, you know, communicating on this and you mentioned communicating the value mm -hmm. uh, uh communicating you know on the on the benefits right and, and and it's not just like maybe we are passionate about legal design but 
you know, not everybody is. <laughs> so we need to understand our users. Not yet. Not, like yet. No, not yet. Not yet. That's right. That's right. And so when can you get so excited about contract design and legal design? And what are the things that you find to be uh, like, you know, like you can't wait to do when, whenever you get to work on the project, like if we go into the specifics, uh, is, yeah. are you, do you do your graphics yourself, you design yourselves, do you work with someone, uh, or what is the part you like the most, is it the user interview in the beginning, is it the iteration process, I have no idea, oh, I'm just gosh. giving some ideas here, but we'd love to know a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's all, I mean, it's all lots of fun, and, and some, some days are a bit more fun than others. I do really enjoy, um, I think, getting into a flow state when you've when you've got a client that you're working with who you who you really you know they've got a purpose a purpose driven business um so one of my amazing clients is a company called who gives a crap and they do um toilet, bamboo toilet paper that kind of pays for water and sanitation in in countries that need it so and they're so brand driven like they're amazing they know their brand voice so working when you've got a client like that that is really exciting i love i love working with those kinds of clients um, I love workshopping uh, contracts and trying to have a have a think about different bits and pieces. But probably the when I get into like a bit of a flow state is where you've got that incredible client, so you know what the brand voice is, and then you've got the contract. And I just kind of put on my headphones and I'm just going through and kind of um, it's almost like a montage scene in a movie where, you know, like you're trying on different outfits and seeing like having a look, what if we did this, this formatting, what's this, what's this word? Oh, we'll simplify this. And, and you kind of, that I love doing, just going through that, that first few passes of the contract to restructure it, to redesign it, simplify the language. And then you start to see, it's almost like a 3D magic eye puzzle where you start to see, oh, like I can see these patterns coming up. We could turn this into a table or I see the flow chart here or this structure works. And so that for me is the bit that I love, just getting up to my elbows in the contract document. Then, um, so that's kind of probably my favorite piece, then going back and presenting and talking with clients and seeing, you know, running um some of those workshops where you're showing them different ideas and, and then getting the input from lawyers and um, other members of the team. Uh, and uh, so I love the workshop side of things because people get excited and you can start to see the passion bubbling up inside of them. And then I think uh, I also really like process mapping as well. It's probably one of the more challenging things, I think, the process mapping side or of service design because uh, we barely can understand our own processes as humans or in our own businesses and then trying to understand and unpack the intricate processes from another business um, from with so many different things at play even the best companies often have politics going on so you could see well why don't we just do it this way and they're like well but there's someone who says no I have to approve it here so I find that process mapping is also rewarding because it can you can find real gems where you can simplify things and give people like time back in their week or, or free up you know find some some real exciting um, outcomes 
but it's often quite challenging because you're coordinating a lot of people and you're trying to understand but I think you know using your curiosity in those instances can be really good so those um those are probably some of my favorite parts time for a quick break but we'll be right back if you enjoy this podcast, visit LegalCreatives.com now and be part of the world's greatest legal design innovation platform. Get access and be coached on the most innovative methods, mindsets, and techniques and be part of a community of 10,000-plus legal professionals who come together across the world to transform their legal services and documents to create the most fulfilling legal practice and experience the most epic learning journey of their lifetime. All part of Legal Creatives membership, a community and a platform that is essential to any legal professional who want to transform their practice, build better brands and win new customers creating the legal services of the future today. Go to LegalCreatives.com now to get started. Or if you're already on this journey, visit your platform to keep growing. Welcome back to our conversation. That's so amazing. I like the fact that you mentioned that process mapping because uh, recently I read the reports and uh, interestingly, the report mentioned that the number one or two reason for law firms not to innovate is that all the process and the management of the process is too like complicated or mm -hmm. unclear. I don't, I'm not sure exactly the adjective, but something around that, you know, obscure yeah. process. And I was like, well, that's the exact reason you should be innovating and using legal design to uh, clarify and maybe, you know, uh, bring that confusion to a lower level so you can bring that clarity up. And so and I think a lot of it's fear based because people are scared to change something because they think, oh, but we've always done it this way or something might break or maybe there's a law and that's why we do it this way or there is a law and so we've done it this way and we're too nervous to ask the regulator if we can try something different. So I think, um, yeah, it's definite. I, it doesn't surprise me that <laughs> you read that because it makes sense. And so let's talk about one of your last projects. Uh, you've mentioned the... Uh, uh, what's the crap I was trying to find uh, the company online it's amazing um, oh who gives a crap yeah they're incredible yeah I would totally imagine crazy crazy contract design for a company like that <laughs> it's great is there a last uh, one of your last project that you would like to talk about and so we get to know a bit more the work you do and dive a little bit you know more in details into into your work and the impact yeah. that you have and the changes that it brings in, you know, the positive changes it brings. So it would be really interesting to know. Sure. Yeah. Um, so often when I work with, when I work with uh, my legal legends, it's in a different, different capacity. Sometimes I might be working behind the scenes. So they maintain the relationship with the client. And I'm just kind of in the background helping them look amazing by kind of um, doing some of that contract design work. Other times I'll be working with a law firm on their internal documents. Um, and so there's a big project that I'm really excited. I can't wait to share it more, hopefully in the new year. But um, that's been an interesting one for me because often I'm brought in because I'm also a commercial law accredited specialist. So I've got that commercial understanding but there's so many, you know, as you would know, so many lawyer areas of the law that you don't, I'm a specialist in. And so I, um, 
when I'm working on contracts that are not my area of expertise, you're partnering with the law firm or the legal team and their subject matter experts. So I can help them with the commercial side. I do all of the contract design work, but there's some intricate legal things that you need to partner with. So I've been doing an interesting project on redesigning some uh, personal injury law contracts. I'm not a litigator, but I'm able to kind of look at it from that. It's almost that really valuable external perspective as well with just that bit of curiosity and that understanding of, well, this is how a contract could work uh, and just working through that project. So that's been really exciting because it's taking, um, you know, it's a very highly regulated area of the law. Anything litigious often has so many, you know, requirements um, on the lawyers and they feel nervous to change kind of the way that they do it. But um, this particular law firm, the National Law Firm in Australia, uh, a very visionary approach from their uh, female general counsel who I was working with and just um, really excited to see what it could do for that industry because if you've got someone who's in pain, they're injured, they're trying to find out what their rights are, they're trying to understand how does no win, no fee work, our conditional costs work, how does this whole legal system work, um, if I sue someone, could I end up paying their legal costs? It's so, such a confusing area and so few people come into the court system um, you know, in a happy time in their lives, so it's all often a really stressful time and I think the what we've what we've managed to do with that particular engagement documents i think it's going to really shake up some of that industry and and really make things pretty exciting around getting more more people um engaging positively with the process that's so great i think it's the first time i'm hearing about a project for our personal injury claims and the court sounds really amazing yeah, and, and it, it's such an interesting area too, Tessa. I know that we talk, you know, there's a lot of talk in legal design about access to justice, uh, but the engagement documents are a huge barrier for, they're so confusing and complex and traumatic for a lot of people. So yeah, it's it's such an interesting area to, um, yeah, to, to look into. And I'd love to know, Verity, what are some of the tools you you use when you work on, on those projects, also engaging your clients or users sure. or both uh, in this contract process, contract design process with you. Uh, do you mind sharing a little bit about oh, yeah, happy to. recipes? <laughs> so I have a, a platform that I use called Dubsado, which is um, kind of my manages some of my proposals and um, makes them so they look nice and, and all of that. Um, I also use DocuSign sometimes for a few different bits and pieces for contracting. I use Asana for task management and project management within my team. Uh, Canva, of course, uh, for a few bits and pieces for graphic design. I often will try to build some design aspects within Microsoft Word if I can just so that then for my clients they can edit it later if they need to which is often really important if you're creating a, a flow chart or something in a contract 
uh, you don't necessarily want it to be just a, a lump of an image, which is also bad for uh, accessibility because there's no reader, you can't read the text in the image. But if you have it as a smart uh, diagram, then you can, or if you have it as a table or something, you know, a bit different, then you can, you know, the readers can pick up on that. So obviously it's horses for courses, but but I, um, you know, there's a lot of exciting things that Microsoft Word can do. I also use a platform called Joseph, which is a great legal tech um, document assembly platform, kind of like form filling out and documents pop out the other end. Uh, what else do I use? Um, I have Zapier zaps, zapping things everywhere, oh, yeah. which is Give good fun. I've <laughs> tried <Yeah>. many times. <laughs> what did I got? Yeah. I was hopeless with Zapier, but I love the tool though. It's amazing. Oh, so many is... zaps. Yeah, you got to have some zaps. Um, I, I also do have, it's a bit overkill really because I've got DocuSign and I've got um, Adobe because I like being able to manipulate um, the PDF sometimes, which is good. What else do I use? Um, I think those are the main ones. Uh, what about tools to engage with customers and users? Uh, I guess most of, I don't know, most of, is most of your work still remote? I mean, we, we just came out of a crazy time since the oh, pandemic, yes, yeah. everything was remote. Are you still using those remote tools, video conferencing tools? Yeah, I know video you're... conference. Yeah, for sure, right? Yeah, got it. you've got to, you've got to these days. I'm just, it's just kind of, if I'm a uh, book a meeting, I just assume it's a video call now. So <laughs> sometimes people are like, you didn't call me. I was like, there's a link to click on in the calendar invite. I thought we we're going to look at each other. But um, yeah, uh, Miro is the other one that I use for whiteboard, you know, as a, a yeah. as a workshop tool, which I probably was a bit late to get on board with. I feel like Miro has been around for ages and I hadn't really used it, but the tools that are in, some of those like I mean Miro is just one of them mural and all those other ones there's mm -hmm. some amazing things in there now that can make meetings so much more interactive and workshops online are actually doable like obviously I love in-person workshops but there's some really amazing things that you can do where you're presenting and working on things and you can do all of those legal design voting on things and getting people's opinion really quickly and um doing that user testing on the spot where I've presented like you know three different options for a contract design format and having people be able to like zoom in put sticky notes on things zoom out look at the other ones and kind of judge it um then and there whereas for a physical document or for a, a virtual version of that it's it, it's not as effective but um so yeah I love I'm really getting on board with Miro um more and more i also use a platform or a, a little app called coggle which is a mind mapping tool i've used that for years and years and years um i think it might just be the way my brain works where i need to see like colored things like shooting off and i need to map it all out um i also use this is another tool that i use my productivity planner from intelligent change which is and the book and the yeah, book must be one of the tools too Hard copyright, you've got to have it. You've got to have the book hard. as well. The show us the book because that is a tool you have created oh, for others. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about the book where I think uh, the audience is going to find many, many valuable insights and strategies <laughs> and colors too and graphs. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and I've, I actually do talk about some process mapping in here when I talk about Coggle. I don't even know if you'll be able to see it. Oh, go. nice, nice, nice. That's um, but yes, the book is, I think what's the, um, awesome about when you do write a book is that it actually makes you stop and think about what you do. And a lot of us have so much knowledge in our little brains um, that we don't ever get out. So trying to create the process of creating a book or of creating an article or creating anything kind of helps you learn it better yourself, I think, and put it into a way that you can better explain it to people. So that was a very fun process and challenging at times, but really interesting to get the book done and dusted. I hope I'll have another one out next year on contract operations because there's so much the book, this is, you know, create client, contracts, clients love is a great starting point. And that's kind of was my thinking when I was um, getting, getting stuck into contract redesign uh, five years ago, but I've kind of got all these other, you know, additional things like there's the next layer up once you, once you've kind of got the basics and then you want to get in, you know, roll your sleeves up and get into those projects. So yeah. there's so much of it is project management, right? It's kind Absolutely. of how we, yeah. Absolutely. So I highly recommend the book, Create Contracts Clients Thank Love, you. Design Readable Contracts Your Clients Will Love with Fast and Fun Workflows. That was published in uh, 2021 and well, possibly another book in the making. That is really awesome. And, and your so, book's coming out eventually. Yeah, that would be exciting. It's coming up. It's coming. We, we're just getting started. We just have a, a little call for submissions. We would like to engage the community uh with us so yeah it's gonna go it's gonna it's go exciting. Well. Hopefully yeah. it's gonna be an adventure i know that all the writing procedures is always an adventure and so throughout uh, this journey of uh, verity what is one surprising thing you have discovered or learned whether it's about yourself or about this fantastic methodology of legal design and contract design or maybe about your clients Mm. um that's something you will, would like to share that i don't know i love to learn from this, what you have learned and that's there's so many surprising things i think from the perspective from a very meta perspective when you think about designing your own methodology or your own services uh using design thinking on your own design thinking process is quite surprising because you do kind of come up with a few different um, ideas. So I think that's something that I have to constantly remind myself that I need to like, oh, if I'm struggling with something, then I need to go back to kind of first principles or let's let's legal design this or let's redesign that. Um, so that's often surprising. I think coming from Australia, coming from a regional town you know and and not having um like a legal pedigree it surprised me a lot um finding out more and more about the law that how important legal design is i think i uh, maybe had a lot of imposter syndrome for a long time where i thought it was like just the you know just the innovation like just a cherry on top of like everyone else's amazing work but actually it's the full cake, it's the icing, it's the plate, it's the decorations, like the whole, the whole party is, is about legal design and about that, uh, bringing that lens to it. So I'm really excited about how 
what the next you know decade of law will look like as more and more amazing women um, discover this almost superpower of legal design and the change that we can make within the legal industry in so many different areas. I think there's a lot of really exciting things on the way. So it surprised me that I hadn't, when I was younger, I didn't really engage in that community as much. I don't know why, I don't know what I was doing, but um, now that I'm wise and old, <laughs> I feel like it's um, such a wonderful community of incredible women in Melbourne. Um, I was saying before, Tessa last night was out for dinner with a bunch of really amazing women who are working in legal operations, legal design, like pushing for um, justice for, you know, women and, and changing laws that have historically disenfranchised women. And so there's just a lot of things happening that I think I'm surprised at myself. I didn't get involved earlier, but um, it's never too late. <laughs> exactly. Better late than never. And I totally right. agree with you and concur with your story. Like the innovators, oh, everyone is a potential innovator. And I think it's the teamwork that makes the entire difference, right? And uh, being open and curious, like you said. And so what's your next step, Verity? And is there some... Thing we can do to help you and also how can we contact you to continue this conversation if people want to know more about you ask you more questions or get to know more about yeah. what you do all of that great stuff well i would love anyone anyone who wants to connect can if you're an instagrammer i'm on instagram as checklist legal if you're a linkediner i'm on linkedin as checklist legal or verity white you can um hunt me down both ways um and always happy to have a chat um my website is checklistlegal.com uh basically if you google google anything to do with contract design something about me will hopefully come up so if, if you forget all of us then just do that uh yeah if uh, so what's next for me 2023 will be um you know working out better ways to communicate what it is that i do because it is large and sprawling but I'm trying to, and I'm trying to get better at explaining it so that my clients or and potential clients can understand where they might fit in. Because I think that is a bit of a barrier to entry for legal design at the moment where people are like, it's cool, like I want to do it, but they maybe go for they maybe go for a project with a technology provider because they think that the innovation that they need but they don't understand that there's actually a bit more under the hood that they need to work on first so I'm working on you know perfecting some of my model on the way that I approach and explain things so that lawyers and you know anyone can see oh okay I'm at this stage I'm at that stage and they can understand so I'm hopeful that that will be useful uh for my clients and will mean that we can kind of move on with a lot of projects and then what else what else what else uh i think having a few more um there's some fun things happening for me within the template world i'm not a huge fan of of templates from uh, a business perspective i think that legal templates are often the ocean plastic of the business world and they can really clog things up so if they're done well though so I'm going to try and do some interesting things with templates for my small business clients because I do think there is that 
gap there where people don't want to pay for lawyers they just want to use a template but I think we can kind of encourage them to use a better template yeah I love that really great so potentially a book templates uh, but certainly new communication strategies around the work you do and the value of legal design and contract design at large so really Ooh. looking forward to that and I'm going to be launching a, um, a contract design cadet program. So we'll have an internship. Wow, that's amazing. That's really exciting. Well, thank you so much, Verity, for tuning in, coming to the show, sharing the story and Thanks really great energy and uh, wisdom as well uh, with all the experience you've had. Uh, it seems like I, we could continue for hours talking, but <laughs> I, would, I would not do that. I think you have stuff to do on your agenda but we could talk so more another time that's all yeah. right it was so great it was really great wow, how, how you've been traveling though right did you go I feel like we need to catch up in person anyway I'll have to get myself over to visit you yeah you have to we have to go opposite side of the world because uh I think we are 24 hour uh, 12 hour 12 hour difference I believe it's night time yeah. here and it's morning for you so Right, wow. off to work, although it's raining. So um, normally I ride my bike into the office. So hopefully I won't get too wet on the way in. We'll see how we go. It would be great to meet in person. It would be fantastic. We can meet in the metaverse. We've done lots of metaverse events. It's That's been really nice. fun. Yeah. I don't know if you visited any of our metaverses, but I yeah, will I'll have to come you. along. I will send you an invite. It would be amazing. Well, thank you once again for everything. And uh, yeah, well, let's, uh, uh, yeah, check Verity, uh, checklist Lego. Verity White on LinkedIn, Instagram, and the website as well. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Tessa. Thanks, everyone. If you like the Legal Creatives podcast, take the next step. Become a Legal Creatives member. Imagine being coached on the most innovative methods, mindsets and techniques that successfully and effectively transform legal services into experiences client love, recommend, and use again, and again. When you access the platform, you don't just access courses, but create a career where you feel more fulfilled, more productive, and become more profitable. You also become part of a community of legal professionals who are the most supportive, incredibly dedicated individuals to transforming legal services. Get access today to a community and a platform that is essential to any legal professional who want to transform their practice, build better brands and win new customers, creating the legal services of the future, today. Go to LegalCreatives.com now to get started, or if you're already in this journey, visit your platform to keep growing.